0: Welcome to College Guidance Now, a new podcast from College Guidance Network. I'm Melina Printakis. Over the course of this series, you'll hear from expert voices all across the admissions experience, admissions officers, school counselors, financial aid experts, and more. In this episode, we're going to focus on the all-important essays. Your host is Frank Catalano. Frank is joined by Brad Schiller, who, along with two fellow graduates of MIT, founded Prompt. In just four years, Prompt has become the largest provider in the world of high-quality admissions essay feedback. Brad is going to share the five traits that colleges are looking for in a student. He'll also go through some thought exercises to help you get the ideas flowing and common mistakes that students make. You would think that being a good writer would be critical, but you'd be wrong. Following that conversation, you're going to hear a previously recorded interactive Q&A with Frank Brad, and Emily Roper-Doughton, who's the Dean of Admissions and Financial Aid at Olin College of Engineering. We hope you find both discussions helpful and enjoyable.
1: What is the purpose of the uh, of the college admissions essay? There are a lot of things that colleges look at as part of the admissions process. There's standardized test scores, there's grades, there's the essay. Is the essay as important as these things? Is
2: it more important? It really depends on which university you're, you're, you're asking that question to. So for certain universities, you may actually have a very similar profile to other applicants, in which case you're gonna look very similarly on paper from like a GPA or a test score perspective. And the differentiators comes down to your essays, your recommendations, your activities, potentially an interview that, that you may go through for that institution. And all of that kind of brings together insights into what experiences have you had to date that prove that you'll be successful in college and beyond and differentiate yourself from other applicants that have otherwise relatively similar profiles from like a GPA, test scores, taking AP classes or the types of honors classes or the types of classes that you might be taking. So there are there certain traits that colleges then look for? There's really five traits that colleges want to to know about students. Let me just talk about the five traits, then we can go into some details on each of them. But basically number one is drive. So uh, students that overcome challenges uh, that are always going through difficult situations and coming out a better person, they're more likely to be successful in college and life. Right. So drive is one. Intellectual curiosity is the second one. Uh, these are students that love to learn just for the fun, fun of it, about topics, subjects in which they're interested in. Uh, the third is initiative. Students that are very entrepreneurial, that whenever they see a problem um, within an organization or group of people that they're a part of, they see it. And they want to solve it. And not do they just want to solve it, but they actually take actions to solve it. The fourth is contribution. So these are students that, no matter what group of people that they're a part of, that group of people is better as a result of their being there. And then the fifth is diversity of experiences. So colleges love, are trying to build a well rounded class of people who have different experiences and different things and different ways of looking at the world. Um, and so You know, they are they're actively seeking out students that have different experiences. So that way, those students are going to be more likely to share other information about those experiences with other students that helps them learn and contributes to the school's community. But also a lot of students end up going and doing something related to some experience that they've had in their past. Uh, And so in that case, then you can actually have a broader impact on the world as a school. Uh, by having students that come from a wide variety of backgrounds and go do a lot of other really interesting things in the future.
1: Are there one or two of these that are are more important than the others? Or are there a couple in here that are underappreciated maybe by the students or their parents?
2: I read thousands of admissions essays. Uh, And what we actually find is that most students struggle to even have a single one of these five traits actually come across in the essays that they write. At the same time, all five of these are really important. Students need to select the two to three traits That are really their strengths and want to hit those home kind of on the application and get their admissions officers really understanding that that is who they are. We actually find that intellectual curiosity is one of the things that students should write about that they're not writing about. Define that for me. What do you mean by intellectual curiosity? The way that I look at at intellectual curiosity is that students often have certain subjects or topics they're really interested in that they actually spend a lot of free time learning about that is normal to them, right? So, in other words, they just enjoy it. They don't think anything of it. They just enjoy learning about climate change. Intellectual curiosity can even apply to athletics where somebody is thinking, oh, you know, I'm trying to improve my basketball sh- shooting. Uh, so I'm going to study kind of what Steph Curry does, really understand that, test that out, try that, etc." cetera. Uh, it could even relate to being a maker, right? So they might be doing something with robotics or other types of things related to that. And It just shows that students are spending their time really engaging with topics, being really intellectually curious because students who actually enjoy learning are going to be more successful in college. They're gonna be more likely to graduate. They're also gonna be more likely to be successful in life because in their free time, they're just learning more.
1: So you've got these five traits, drive, intellectual curiosity, initiative, contribution, and diversity of experiences. As you know, we talked about earlier, it's a little bit daunting, I guess, uh, if, if I'm a parent or if I'm a student, to, to figure out what I have that maps to those areas. Is there a technique you would recommend for someone to get started?
2: First, think about the five traits and develop like a reasonable understanding of which of those two to three are your strengths. Second is to think through experiences that you've had that show those five traits. Now, to do that, there's a whole host of brainstorming questions that that we typically use. But a couple that really jump out at me that I think you'll, you'll like to think through are number one is what I call like a time of personal growth, right? So this typically relates to drive. This might also relate to intellectual curiosity where, it's a, where you've gone through a situation or overcome a challenge where you were one person before the challenge and you're a different person now. So in other words, as a result of an experience you went through, your way of viewing yourself or the world actually changed okay. as a result of specific actions that you took to overcome the situation or get through the situation. This could be related to uh, a challenging situation in your personal life. It could be related to uh, an activity uh, that you've done at school. It could also just be related to something that maybe a skill that you wanted to grow and build uh, or a topic that you wanted to learn a lot more about a lot of students don't actually realize that what they're doing is really interesting or compelling. They believe that it's normal for them. And so the way I look at this is imagine an activity or a group of people that you are a part of or a community. Now imagine that you weren't there. How would that have been different? This is just a thought exercise that helps students identify what is their unique contribution to whatever group of people, whatever they're doing, uh, whatever organization they're a part of, it, it helps them identify their unique contribution that they can then write about.
1: So essentially it's the wonderful life approach of, uh, of deciding your contribution for those who understand
2: the old movie. Yes. Yes. That's actually a, that's a fantastic analogy. <laughs> I, I hadn't really thought of that before. I'll have to use that. So, um, you've got all this stuff. How do you structure it? What, what's the structure of a good essay? The thing that I will preface here, and, and I'll, I'll, I'll kind of start with, is that it's actually far easier than you believe it is, hmm. okay? Uh, and so the reason for that is what matters in an essay is the content. The part where structure becomes into play is to make sure that the content is very clear to the reader. Therefore, the content actually proves that. You can use a relatively basic structure that helps that content come through, and it's a really simple structure that over 90, 95% of students, uh, it applies to. This is what I call the journey structure. It's based off of what we call the hero's journey, which is if you've ever watched a movie, it's pretty much the same plot that almost every movie that's ever been written uh, kind of follows, okay? So the first at the start of it is you set a scene and then you drop some hints as to what's to come. And this part around dropping hints as to what's to come is really critical. And the reason for that is As the admissions officer is reading your story, you don't want them thinking, how is this relevant? Okay. So if you think of a movie, generally speaking, within the first few minutes of a movie, you probably have a pretty good sense of how the movie is going to end. And what you really care about is the journey that the characters go on to get to that ending. There may be a few surprises along the way, but you have a pretty good sense of how it's going to end. So at the beginning of the essay, you just set the scene and you drop some hints as to what's to come. So you have a good understanding of like, this is what the essay is going to cover. And you do that in three to five sentences. Then the next part of the essay is what I call the before part of the essay. So you wanna talk about who you were before, the critical experience that you're about to write about. So what was the situation? What was the setting of, of this? And how did you actually think about yourself and, and or others? Through that part of the essay is about a third of your content. Uh, then you have another third of the content, which is what I call the during part of the essay which basically means that this is what you did or you are during this this kind of experience that you went through. So what actions did you specifically take to lead you to change your mind about something or change like who you are or how you view yourself or how you view the world or potentially the impact that you've had. So that you're covering the actions that you took. Now, most students, they write this during part of the essay as basically about 90 to 95% of the essay's content. Uh, But it really should be about a third of the content. Then the last third is what I call the after part of the essay. Uh, This is also what I call the new you. So you can define, here's what I learned about myself. Here's how I'm different. So you can draw a contrast between who you are now and who you were before. Then you want to talk about what actions have you taken since. And then you move into uh, a look to your future. So like, what are your future ambitions? Like, what are you hoping to do and accomplish in the future? Which provides a really nice narrative arc that helps me understand how does that relate to maybe what you want to do in the future. Now, that part of it is optional because not every student knows what they want to do in the future, but we often find that, you know, roughly half or three quarters of students uh, will end up writing about something that they may, an ambition that they may have uh, in the future, and it ties the whole essay together really nicely. It's just that the college essay, the common application essay, uh, typically gains more weight because it's the same essay that you use across multiple schools. Now, what that means is, is that, and based off of what we talked about is, guess what? The essay is not that hard. So we actually find that students can get to a really great essay and a great outcome for that particular essay with about four to six hours total of work of theirs, uh, which, by the way, is far less than many students are actually spending on it today.
1: What are mistakes that, uh, that kids make when they're looking for feedback in their college essays? Yeah,
2: so most of the time, uh, students, what they're doing is, is they're taking the essay, and they're giving it to somebody else that they feel is a good writer, okay? Uh, A lot of times this might be a peer, peers, teacher, uh, it might be parents. um, And that's helpful, I definitely think so. But what you really need to focus on is, are the people that are reading your essay, do they have an understanding of what colleges are actually looking for in applicants? If the answer to that question is, no, or maybe, then what you want to do is be really targeted with the people that you're asking the feedback from, but also what you're asking for, okay? Uh, And what I mean by that is instead of just giving the essay to somebody, give the essay plus a set of questions that you want the person to respond to that reads the essay, okay? Because that can make the feedback a lot more useful for you. Um, And so I'm going to go through just like a couple of questions that you should be asking people as you're actually asking for feedback. Uh, These are the same sets of questions that actually we go through, uh, our hundreds of writing coaches at Prompt uh, go through as we're reading the, you know, through tens of thousands of essays every year because we're really trying to identify, you know, and focus on the content and the structure of the essay. So the first question is, what did I actually learn about the author? This is a really important question because, As an admissions reader, I'm going to read through this and I'm going to basically identify and try to identify, do these students have the five traits that I'm looking for in applicants or which of those traits are they actually have, right? So they're going to prove that I'm going to be successful in college and beyond. If the reader of your essay is not able to identify the five traits or words that are similar to those five traits, you may be missing something within the essay. So that's question number one. What did I learn about the author? Number two is, what didn't I learn that I wanted to learn? This is what I call the unanswered question. So as I'm reading through an essay, a lot of times I see something that's really interesting to me, and I think, oh, that's really interesting. A question pops into my mind that then goes unanswered in the essay, goes completely unanswered. Um, and so as I'm reading the rest of the essay, I'm constantly thinking through, is this student going to answer this question? Is the student going to answer this question? And then they don't. Um, and so we're identifying, we use that question to identify gaps in the content, uh, to help the student make the content much stronger, to make sure that it's related to those five traits, uh, showing those five traits, showing how strong the student is in those five traits, uh, and then applying that, um, uh, you know, to improving the content. Uh, the, probably the question that we find ourselves asking the most, uh, if I had to pick one, is What actions has the student taken as a result of what they learned about themselves? So, oftentimes we read through this great essay. Let's take community service for example. About a community service experience that the student had. At the end of the experience, they say, "Oh, I learned about a lot about myself. I learned a lot about others. I learned I need to help others, and I want to help others." Now, that experience may have happened two years ago, and the question that pops into my mind is, "Well, that was two years ago. What has the student done since? What actions has the student taken?" that proves to me that they are this different and changed person, okay? This is probably the number one question that we find ourselves asking uh, students, is what actions have you taken as a result of what you've learned about yourself? Like how have you actually applied this in your life? And then the third kind of critical question is, how can you improve the structure of the essay? So is this essay well structured? Am I thinking I'm gonna accept the student from the beginning of the essay to the end of the essay? And how could I potentially rearrange the content within the essay? Uh, to help guide the student through uh, improving the structure of their essay. Uh, And so one of the things that we always find ourselves doing that students find is the single most valuable thing that we probably do when we provide feedback is to kind of wrap up all the feedback that we provided, all the content that they may need to add, and we create like an example outline of how they may want to restructure the content. So those are the three critical things. As I said, question number one is what did you learn about the student? Question number two is What didn't you learn that you wanted to learn? And question number three is, is how can you make the structure stronger? Uh, And by doing that, which by the way, is not an easy task, right? So that is something that we often, within the first draft of a common application essay, we spend 45 to 50 minutes providing feedback on that essay, answering those three questions in detail. Now the person that you ask for feedback may not be able to spend that long, but at least they can write down notes and jot down notes related to those three questions, which will help you be a lot more targeted in responding, you know, in, in, in actually working through the feedback yourself, uh, as a student or as a parent, uh, helping your student actually go through the process.
1: Yeah. So bottom line is make sure you're asking for directed feedback uh, if you're the student writing the essay and don't give it to the most flowery writer, you know, to review for uh, literary worth, if you will. Uh, Okay. So you mentioned the parent. What is the parent's role in all of this for me as a parent? I mean, what is my role? Am I, do I do copy editing? Do I help with the topic or brainstorming sections or just get completely out of the way and let the student make it theirs?
2: the answer to most questions is it depends. Uh, and the answer to this question will probably be, it depends <laughs> as well. Uh, I am generally a fan of, you know, as a parent uh, staying actually out of the way of, of the student as they're, they're working through the essay process and being just as supportive as possible. Uh, so the best thing that you can do as a parent is to make this process feel less daunting to the student. Okay. Uh, So there's a couple fun tips that you can do on this. Probably one of them I'm going to give right now is probably one you won't end up doing, but it's really fun if you do end up doing it, uh, is to actually write your own essay, your own college essay. Um, So the parents that I've actually suggested this to, uh, that have done it, have had a great experience with their student and their student has gotten their essay done far sooner uh, than most other students. So basically you set a date with your student and you say, we're all both going to write our college essays you're going to imagine you're 17 or 18 and applying to college. Uh, And your student's going to be 17 or 18 and work on their essay. And you're going to go through the exact same process that the student goes through, write your own essay, uh, and it will actually really help you empathize with your student. Uh, Because this is really hard. Actually, when we train hundreds of counselors, of college counselors, on how to support students on essays, we actually all have them write their own college essay. And they're like, I have not done this since I applied to college. And it's a really hard process. Uh, And it's really beneficial, but it also sets a date of when your student gets their essay done, you have your essay done, you can actually review each other's essays and have a good laugh, uh, as well as your student will learn something uh, about you from that process. It's a
1: great technique. Um, So let me ask about a couple special cases. Um, Would any of this advice change if we were dealing um, with an English language learner, for example?
2: The number one thing that I actually see with essays is that too many people focus on the, the actual writing itself and being descriptive, flowery language, metaphors, analogies, using complex sentences to really sound intelligent. From an English language learner perspective, you don't have to have the most perfect writing. Uh, what matters is clarity. So having simple sentences, even com- being, being, it being obvious that you are an English language learner, is totally fine, right? What matters is the content of your essay, identifying with your experiences the five traits, making sure that those come through, that's how you're going to be successful. Uh, you don't have to worry about a lot of the other stuff. The, the college essay and all of the essays that you write in your college application process are actually a lot more straightforward and simple uh, than you may think. It should be a lot less daunting uh, than you think. Um, you know, you can have a really solid essay and to get into all the best schools uh, in the world, get into your, your target schools, all of that, um, the actual beauty of the writing does not matter as much, and we often find that students who are writing that way actually don't. The, their their five traits, their traits, um, their experiences do not come across very well in their essays, uh, and so they may not be as successful as as students that just have like really solid essays where the content shines through.
1: How has uh, the COVID nineteen pandemic changed what students are doing regarding essays? Has it had much of a change?
2: The answer to that is, is that the common application as well as the coalition application and probably other ones this year will have uh, have actually added a COVID-19 specific essay uh, to it, which we recommend on writing, which I'll get to in a minute. Um, However, one of the other things to just think about is in the admissions process, essays may become, depending on the institution, more important. Many students did not have grades their second semester of junior year. Right, so there's now a lot less information for actual uh, admissions officer to go on, and so the essays may have increasing importance. Within that construct is COVID nineteen and actually writing about your experience with it. Uh, And there's really we suggest writing that essay. It's a 250 word essay on the common application, Um, and how you want to think about that is twofold. One is if you actually had an experience where your family uh, or personal circumstances changed in a significant way as a result of COVID-19, you should write about that. Maybe you actually needed to take care of siblings or tutor siblings or other things like that that, that come into play um, or support your family in, in, in some way, shape, or form. So that, that's kind of number one. You might want to write about that, but in, in particular, you want to write about the actions that you took uh, that are a result of that. Number two is A situation where perhaps you were supposed to do something, such as maybe you had a sport, maybe you had something lined up that you were going to do over the summer, and you weren't able to do that anymore. In that situation, you want to only write about that situation if you're able to then talk about other actions that you've gone on to take as a result of COVID-19 that you may not have done otherwise. So if you've used this opportunity to, let's say, oh, I couldn't work over the summer, so instead I decided to... um, You know, dive deep into an area that I'm intellectually curious about, such as a certain subject topic, or maybe you started learning to code or building robots or taking online uh, MOOCs on like edX or Coursera or other things like that. That can be really compelling uh, because it actually shows that, okay, I lost one opportunity, but I then use this as an opportunity to go do other things. Um, You know, the essay that you don't want to write for that is, well, I was supposed to play soccer in the spring, and guess what? Soccer was canceled, so I was disappointed, uh, and so I decided to go play some video games. That's not the essay that you want to write there. You actually want to use this as an opportunity to show growth.
1: If students or their parents like me are looking for resources uh, that would help them further along in this process, are there any sites you recommend or any specific uh, items you would recommend?
2: At Prompt, uh, we care a lot about kind of helping all students through the, uh, the admissions process and particularly related to essays. Uh, and so we actually have a lot of free resources that can actually guide students through the entire process, okay, um, to the process of identifying what to, uh, uh, to write about. So all the brainstorming questions I was referring to earlier are kind of all within our, our application uh, that you can actually find at prompt.com. Uh, and you can create an account there. You get free access to all these resources that walk you through step-by-step writing the most common types of uh, admissions essays so if you want your student or your student that want to get started on their college essays go ahead and do that we'll walk you through it'll take you about an hour hour and a half uh, to the point where you'll identify what to write about and have an outline for your common application essay Uh, there's other uh, ones for writing other types of essays like the why are you applying to this college essay the why did you choose this major essay Uh, An activity description essay, University of California personal insight questions, a lot of the most common essays that you need to write will walk you through step-by-step in that process. Uh, So I highly recommend doing that. Um, You can also get feedback on your essays. Uh, We have a lot of writing coaches that do that. Um, We also have special programs for uh, students that are applying um, uh, that uh, are are on, on free and reduced lunch programs. Uh, where they can actually apply to receive free reviews uh, from our writing coaches on some of their essays. Uh, And so we highly recommend that students do that uh, as well as we're giving away thousands of reviews this year.
1: We've talked a lot about what people should write about. What are some topics that they just
2: flat out shouldn't write about? I firmly believe that any topic can be a great topic to write about. At the same time, what we often find is that students that are trying to write about athletics Bands, uh, any sort of music, choir, orchestra in general, theater, uh, and often community service do really struggle to, to write compelling essays, okay? Now, the reason for that is because so – let's take athletics, for example. What a student will do is they will say, okay, I'm, I'm going to write about athletics. So they write about a certain game that they were in. They were really tired, they dug down deep, and they scored the game winning goal. That's not that interesting. I actually don't learn if the student is driven, I don't learn if they're like curious, I don't learn about initiative, contribution, anything. I learned none of the five traits about that. Now, at the same time, athletics can be really compelling. For example, if the student um, may have scored the game winning goal, but what was the process that the student went through to get to that point? And so the student may have actually decided, okay, I'm going to practice a lot of my own. I'm trying to improve my skills. I'm actually studying some of the greats like Cristiano Ronaldo, Lionel Messi, uh, some of their moves. And then I go out and practice them. And they were practicing for hours on a time. And then all of a sudden at a key moment in the season during a game, they had the opportunity to break out one of those moves. They did. They executed it flawlessly and they scored the goal. Now, that essay is not a I dug down deep and scored the goal essay. That's actually an essay about drive and intellectual curiosity. Okay, So I can write about athletics in a really compelling way. The same thing goes with band. So so many students that write about music think, I'm going to write about music that I just really love music. Well, guess what? That doesn't prove to me that you're going to do well in your classes. That doesn't prove to me that you're going to add to the school's community. That doesn't prove to me that you're going to be successful after you graduate. just doesn't. Uh, However, you may have uh, decided to start writing your own music. You may have decided to, um, you know, really kind of like dive in and like record all sorts of different tracks and like really kind of pull all those together and, 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 you know, try to craft and develop, uh, your own stuff. Or you may have said, I'm going to learn some new instruments and I'm going to like self-study those and really learn those and, and spend a lot of t- of my time doing that and my free time doing that in the process of actually learning right? Or going through that shows a lot of intellectual curiosity. It can show a lot of drive. Uh, in some cases, let's say you started your own band community service. It's like I talked about before, uh, where you actually have a situation where you did this community service experience. You went on this mission trip or did something where you spent a few hours. Don't write about that as your entire essay. That might be a piece of your essay, but what I really care about is. So you learn something about yourself. What actions have you now taken as a result of that? You know, maybe you decided to form a new club at school. Maybe you decided to raise money. Maybe you Uh, volunteered for other things. Uh, Maybe it changed your outlook on life in some way, shape, or form that actually resulted in other actions or different things that you've done in your life. All of that is really critical. Uh, So my point is, is that any topic can be really good uh, for an essay, uh, but it just needs to really relate to these five traits. It needs to prove that you're going to be successful in college and beyond.
1: And whatever you do, I guess you would advise people not to go online, search for college essay and copy and paste somebody else's work, correct?
2: Oh yeah. For for sure. Actually, I recommend don't look at any examples of college admissions essays at all. At all. Because for two reasons, actually. One is, is that most of the shining examples of what's good that gets put online, such as the New York Times publishes great college essays every year, uh, guess what? Those tend to be really uh, focused on like analogies, metaphors, beautiful descriptive language, all of that sort of stuff, and students try to mimic that. They try, or they try to mimic other topics that they've seen other students write about that they really like. And guess what? That's not them, right? That's not about what's compelling about them. Also, as I talked about, you have most students are applying to schools like, that have just really good content, right? Because the content matters. All this other beautiful descriptive language, that sort of stuff, analogies, metaphors, don't really matter. Uh, and so we often find that students that try to mimic those end up with essays that I don't really learn that much about the student on. I just don't. Uh, and instead, because they're trying to copy the stuff that they understand, right? The beautiful language, the description, right? etc. But a lot of the underlying things and underlying messages that you learn about in the student in those essays is what actually makes them good, right? Not the actual like, beauty of the writing, if you will.
1: So I'd be remiss since you are writing coaches in not asking this question, where do you stand on the Oxford
2: comma? I'm a fan of the Oxford comma. Uh, Some of my rather writing coaches may not be as much.
1: All right, we'll have to leave it there, as they say. Brad, thank you very much for joining us. I will be taking care of the live Q&A here and joined by several of key people as well. You recognize Brad, obviously. Now it is time for your questions. Uh, but Brad Schiller from Prompt is being joined for us for Q&A by Emily Roper-Doughton. She is the Dean of Admissions and Financial Aid at Olin College of Engineering, and before that was Associate Director of Undergraduate Admissions at Tufts University. Now, please ask your questions. We have a bunch of them already during the main part of the interview queued up to go that you've already sent in. But if you haven't figured it out yet, go down to the bottom of your screen in Zoom, click on the Q&A icon, and type them in there. Don't use chat. We're doing everything through the Q&A icon, so please do that. And later, of course, we want you to stay tuned because we'd like to get your episode of this episode, uh, this, your opinion of this episode, I should say, in a brief survey. And after the episodes we talked about, you'll be able to download a takeaway toolkit. But Emily, welcome. Thanks for joining us.
3: Happy to be here. Thank you.
1: I, before we uh, get to questions for Brad and you, I want to ask you a couple of quick ones yourself, sort of get people give people your take on some of these issues. What would you add to Brad's advice uh, regarding that he he has not necessarily addressed from your perspective, since I suspect you also read a lot of essays.
3: (laughs) I do, I do. And um, I think there was so much incredible advice and information in the conversation, but there's a couple of points I'd like to amplify. Um, And one of them is related to the difference between the common application or the coalition application, the the essay that you're sending to multiple colleges versus the institutional um, essays. Um, And one of the things that we often see on this side of your application process is that students will spend and invest a lot of time in making that common application or coalition application um, sort of their strongest piece of writing. Um, And that sometimes means that we have um, less time or we're spending a little bit less um, of our efforts in figuring out how am I gonna answer that question, why do I wanna attend this college or why do I wanna major in this area Um, or some other institutional prompt Um, Colleges don't ask things that they don't want answers to. And so the institutional essays actually really help us get a sense of, is this person a good fit for our community? Um, And so I'm not trying to say that you should carve out many hours to spend um, on those, but really kind of sit with those questions, reflect on them, make sure you have a really good answer. A good answer to an institutional question is not Googling why should I go to X college or sort of the headlines from their website. We know those things. We want to know why you are compelled to apply to our institution. So really just sort of thinking about how are you going to lean into expressing that interest in our institutions through, through those institutional essays. The other piece I want to underscore is a really, is it was sort of later in the conversation where um, Brad talked about how it doesn't have to be perfect. I don't want it to be perfect. I want it to be you. I want it to be authentic. And so spending that time to think about what are the things you want to communicate? What's the story you want to tell? What's the reflection that you want to share with us? Um, so that we can actually see the person that's going to walk onto our campuses. The essays are a big part of how do we distinguish between students of similar academic ability. Um, And so rather than thinking about it has to be grammatically perfect, it has to be um, sort of flawless, um, I'd rather it have your voice sort of singing through that.
1: Brad also mentioned briefly about the pandemic that we're all still going through at this point. Should students write about the pandemic experience? Uh, is it more important now or is it an it depends?
3: So I'm going to go with the it depends. I think the question is there to provide the opportunity for any student who has something meaningful and important to say um, related to their experience during the pandemic. And both the common application and the coalition application have written these questions so that they may actually survive beyond this particular moment. They're about emergency, emergent, immediate situations that are affecting a student's access to education, their home lives, their financial situations, um, things that are really, that may end up impediments to their ability to thrive or um, make them pivot, make them discover something new, make them um, kind of take a new, new look at the world and do something different. So I think the questions are there from a kind of universal design standpoint to say, if you have something meaningful to say, use this space for that. I think I'm grateful to the the testing agencies for including that, partially because it takes the pressure off the student trying to figure out if that's what they're going to write their essay about. Um, because I think that it's too it would be too easy for someone to say I'm going to write about this most immediate thing, but we all have to remember that we were people before this pandemic. Mo- many of us are the same people now, and there are things there are things that are different. There are reactions we're having that are different, reflections that are different, um, and some circumstances that have become really trying. Um, those can be great things to include in those, in those uh, writing prompts for the COVID-19 question, but I, I wouldn't say that someone should find something to write about for that prompt.
1: And before we go to the, uh, to the audience questions, I do have a very important question <laughs> for you. I, I posed it to Brad. It's only fair I pose it to you. Series of words. <laughs> should they have a comma before the and at the end, what we call the Oxford comma? Yes or no, Emily?
3: This is a great source of tension in my life. I say yes, but the institutional protocol for Olin says no.
2: OK, keep that One in mind. On that, about two thirds of people use it. <laughs> yeah. You know, I didn't
1: think we'd get into a disagreement this early, and especially about the Oxford <laughs> comma, but uh, I think it's fascinating.
2: But so we, we got. A, you, we've you can got apply budget. to Olin still. So it's OK, even if you disagree with that. <laughs>
1: We have a whole bunch of questions already coming in. And again, I'd like to remind you that you can click on the Q&A icon at the bottom to add your question to the list. But uh, Brad, the first question I think um, uh, is a good one for you because you did talk about the five traits. And do they apply for a state school like UMass? And can you just quickly restate what those five items are again?
2: Yeah, so the five traits are drive, intellectual curiosity, initiative, contribution, and diversity of experiences. And they are universally applicable not just for college admissions but for job applications, for grad school, if you eventually go there, um, pretty much anything that you uh, you do in life uh, those those five traits are very applicable across that
1: okay for people to not write those down because that was a common question we got. they are in the takeaway toolkit you 'll be able to download after this episode as well. Emily, uh, one for you. Um, and this question came up a number of times. Can a strong essay override grades?
3: I saw that question pop up. It's a good one. But one of the things that I would want folks to understand is that your academic preparation and potential is the bedrock of your application. So for most institutions, what we're assessing first is can you be successful in our classrooms? And so we're looking at the high school transcript. We're reading it top to bottom. We're looking if we're accepting testing. Um, We're going to be looking at that. We're looking at what's the rigor of the courses that the student is taking. And so we first have to begin with, can we recommend this student sort of to our faculty from an academic standpoint? Once we look at who can sort of do the work at our institution, then we start getting into those subjective shades of who should come to our particular institution, who's a good fit for our community. And so that's where the, the essays, extracurriculars, recommendations and things like that layer on top of that academic preparation and potential. Um, so the short answer is is no, but, you know, can it help us understand someone who's probably kind of in the heart of our academic um, group? If you're looking at, you know, a, a school's middle 50s for GPA or something like that and you feel yourself kind of in the middle or maybe leaning toward the bottom of that, can an essay elevate you in a reader's mind and make them recommend you? Absolutely.
1: All right. And I've also been informed that the five traits may not actually be in the takeaway toolkit, but we will include them in the follow up email. So just everybody has them. And I'm sure they're on the prompt side as well. So just everybody to be aware, we will get that information to you. Um, Brad, what if a student hasn't yet distinguished themselves? I mean, you know, you you sort of talked a little bit about this uh, earlier. Or they feel like if they had, what if they feel like they 've got nothing significant to write about? I mean, do we go back to Bedford Falls and it's a wonderful life and say the Jimmy Stewart movie for those who don 't know that appears on TV every Christmas uh, and is available on streaming services where Jimmy Stewart wishes he hadn't been born and something like that, and he's gone. What what do you recommend people do? Is that still what they should do if they they feel like they don't have anything?
2: Yeah, so that we find this very frequently. Okay, Uh, where a lot of people feel that there's nothing compelling about them uh, to write about uh, from the perspective of colleges. And we find in the vast, vast majority of cases, that's not true. Okay, Um, so there almost always is something compelling that you can write about to where you're showing intellectual curiosity or showing drive contribution initiative, those different traits because oftentimes some of the like, really compelling essays that, that we've read um, oftentimes deal with just like personal interactions even within peer groups, okay? So where sometimes different peers or friends that you may have are having difficult times and you've actually like helped them through that, right? That's, a, that's actually a contribution, right? To a peer group. Um, there may be initiative that, that is taken in there. So there are sometimes, very small interactions that you've had with other people, or even learning experiences that you've had that have had kind of a profound impact on you um, that you can write about. It may not feel as meaningful to you, but guess what? I, and I covered this probably a lot of times, but the number one thing that we often find is students think what's normal to them um, is normal to them. Um, But guess what? That may not be normal (laughs) to everybody else. (laughs) Okay. Um, And that may not be normal in terms of the, uh, uh, what admissions officers and what colleges are looking for. Uh, So oftentimes we find these really incredible moments or not even just moments, but things that students are doing that they don't even realize are really compelling. And that's why Um, You know, when we talk about like the Takeaway Toolkit, which you'll get a link to uh, the prompt site within, uh, we actually have a whole series of brainstorming questions that you can actually access for free, the five traits that you can actually see, okay, these are the strengths of my five traits. These are the two to three strengths I might have. And here's a whole host of brainstorming questions that can actually help you identify those different pieces of content that you might want to write about that will be very compelling to colleges.
1: And we have an interesting question also, Emily, and I'd like to address this to you, uh, cause it's a little sensitive. Um, do you recommend writing about a learning disability if it's structured well?
3: So I think that there's, Brad said in the, in the conversation before, like I don't think there's anything that's a bad topic, right, there are, um, everything is about how you are reflecting upon the thing you wanna talk about. What are, the, what are the things that it communicates to the institution for you? Um, and so I think for some students, there may be an incredible story of persistence, of drive, of understanding their own um, learning style, learning abilities, and things like that, that could actually tell a really compelling story. Um, I don't think someone should feel like they have to write about anything, that, um, that they feel like it's their only opportunity to disclose something, if they wanna disclose it. There is an additional information uh, section on both of the major application platforms and on most institutional forums, where if there's something that doesn't fit that doesn't sort of fit in another space that you want to say, I want to call attention to this because um, I think it'll help them understand, you know, pot- potentially the path of my transcript or course-, course choices that I've made. It provides an opportunity there. Um, but I think being able to kind of sit with what is the story you want to tell and what, it, what will we learn? I think that was a great, um, a great sort of uh, repetition from before of what do you want the reader to learn about you? Um, And thinking about your application as a whole, you actually have lots of opportunities for us to learn about you. The essay is one piece of that. The COVID-19 question is one piece of that. Additional information is another piece of that. And so, um, if that's the thing that's most salient and compelling to you that you want to communicate, it can be a great essay. Um, If it's something that you want us to know, but there's something else that you're sort of burning to include in your application that might make a better essay, use that.
1: A place for everything and everything in its place. Okay.
3: Use all the pieces. (laughs) So...
1: One question that's come up, a couple of questions have come up on on word count, and how long should things be? And you know, um, Brad, I want to toss this one to you. If an essay doesn't have a word count provided, how many words do you suggest? Because the people reading these are human beings and they have lives.
2: (laughs) Yeah, so it is relatively uncommon for there not to be a word count. Um, Oftentimes you may find on the school's website that uh, there is, uh, doesn't list a word count, but there actually is a word count in the common application or the coalition application, oftentimes some essays that you may need to write uh, may not even be listed on the school's website. And we often find students end up surprised the day before or the night that the application is due uh, and I actually have some stats on the percentage of students that submit within 48 hours, and it's, and it's the vast majority, okay, of the deadline, vast majority. Um, don't be that, that person that is looking at the application at the last minute, okay? So make sure you're going into the application, not to mention you need to start filling it out because sometimes questions will appear actually after you answer other questions within it. Um, also conveniently, when you if you create an account for the account at the prompt, uh, website. We actually have a list of every single essay for every single school. You type in the school list, we give you all the essays. It's very convenient, um, but it's, it's actually very beneficial to, to actually go through and start that application early so you don't miss anything that, that you would need to. Uh, in terms of back to the word count question, if it doesn't list a word count at all, at that point, um, I am hard pressed to find a, an example where you need to go more than like 500 to 650 words uh, within an essay. Um, most essays I read, I can cut about 60% of the word count um, in, uh, in about five minutes. Uh, so there is usually ample opportunity to be more concise and, and clear uh, within it.
1: Yeah. And matter of fact, uh, we have the flip side of that question in two other questions that have come in. One is why is the essay limited to only 650 <laughs> words? And another one, and this is becoming my favorite so far, can you demonstrate intellectual curiosity by writing an academic dissertation on the topic you're interested in, rather than talking about how you enjoy the topic and what you do with it, just talk about said subject. So, I mean, what's the downside of, that's a little different of a question on word count, but you know, there are limits for reasons on these, right? Is concise thought important, Emily?
3: Yes, yes, absolutely. I think use the number of words you need. The maximum is not a goal also follow directions, right? So, you know, we ask the things that we want in the way that we want them because it is a way for us to get to what we need in the most efficient way that we can. Um, so for, for any topic that you're going to dive into for an, for an essay, that kind of five to 600 is, is either the sweet spot or a little long um, because you, you want to be able to, you want to be able to sort of look back at the essay and say, did my point get lost? Right. Like one of the things, one of the pieces of advice I often give to students is um, if you were to give your essay to um, an adult that doesn't know you very well, right? So the person who's going to read your application is an adult that doesn't know you very well, right? And ask them what did they learn about you. So this is a different version of of one of Brad's pieces of advice where um, we're sort of saying, like, what, what are they getting out of that? Sometimes if you overwrite either some detail or you overwrite the moment that something's happening. You pull away from the actual point that you're trying to make, and so the person coming away from that essay, may be sort of lost in too many details. That's not to say we don't want details for it to be grounded, but wanting to wanting to feel like you're not kind of you're not um, resulting in an essay that is too um, has sort of too much padding around what your core point is. Um, the academic, do you want to add on to that, Brad?
2: Yeah, I want to add on to that very briefly because self revising techniques are important. Um, <laughs> My, my company, our mission is to make people better writers, not just to do admissions essays. <laughs> so, so one of the things that's like a core, core skill that I recommend is if you're reading through your own essay, is just write down, here's the most important points that I have made. Okay? Um, as, uh, as a coach, I do this often to help students understand how much shorter can you actually make your content? because most of the time I'll read like somebody will write 650 words, 800 words, uh, on a first draft. Uh, and all of that could be said in about 150 to 200 words. Okay. To get to the main critical points. And then that allows you to fit in other content. Right. So it's just like a good revising technique. Uh, you can also ask somebody else to do that for you is just pick out what were the critical points and like to your point in terms of the uh, what did you learn about the student, Uh, but it's kind of like it builds builds on that a bit, so. The
1: the handing it to someone who doesn't know you very well, every student now is going to turn around and hand it to their parents. You know that, right? So.
3: No, their older sibling's college roommate, a parent, you know, a teacher at their high school that they've never had, a colleague of a parent. There are lots of not too distant adults who don't know the story that you're telling. I think that's part of it. That's
2: the key. Yeah. And, and the key is, you actually have to be very targeted and ask them not what you think about the essay, but specifically what you learn about them from reading.
1: So when does someone, and this question just came in, when does someone stop editing their essay? When is it done? What What do you tell people?
2: Everybody's sighing. <laughs> it's done a lot sooner than you think, probably. But Emily, I'll put you take it. <laughs>
3: No, I think, I think most students assume that it's done when they hit submit. And I, and I think that, that's way, that it's been done for a long time, right? Um, because I think it's, it's, too, it's too easy to keep massaging and keep refining. Um, a, 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 you, know, you go through an edit and you change one word and you've got your essay, right? Um, I, think, I think when the student can read the essay out loud to themselves and say, this sounds like me, and I
1: have told my story, then you're done. Do either of you have any essays you've read that still stand out in your mind after several years? And what one lesson would you take away from that? I'm going to ask you that question. It did come in similar worded. And think about that for a little bit, and we'll address that in a minute or two, because there might be be something there. Um, so Emily, you know, uh, Brad talked a bit about some of the biggest mistakes people make in their essays. For you, what are some of the biggest mistakes you see that kids make? Are there two or three that you want to bring up?
3: So I actually, one of the, one of the mistakes I want to bring up actually goes back to the question about should you write an academic dissertation for, for an essay? Um, I, Olin has, a, has an, an institutional prompt that asks what issue is facing the world that engineers should be working on And why does this issue matter to you? How do you want to be a part of solving or fixing sort of this challenge? Um, And I feel like people stop reading after the first part of the question, which is probably someone who's really good at prompts um, is probably going to say you ask too many questions in your prompt, but they sort of stop at what's the issue. And then all of a sudden, I will read hundreds upon hundreds of really well-researched essays on climate change. And I just want to write to all those students and say, say, I know what climate change is, right? I want to know why you care. And while that's a big issue that you know, I want to believe that everyone cares about, I want to know why that student was compelled to act. And what is the action that they took? What is the thing that they did or the thing that they want to come to Olin to learn how to do to be part of that bigger solution? So I think there is a, there is a the biggest sort of mistake is not being in your own essay. Um, That it's something where we also see the same thing happening with biographies, right? You know, sometimes someone will talk about someone who's inspired them. um, And I read the essay and I'm like, I like that person too. I would like to admit them to my college. Um, But I no longer understand, I no no longer have a connection to the student themselves. And so I think the biggest mistake is not actually being in your own essay.
2: Yeah. And just to that point, answer every question the prompt asks Uh, What Emily is saying there is something we see across every institution, um, not addressing the entirety of the prompt.
1: This actually kind of ties into some of these
2: uh,
1: questions we've had before, some of the that you've sort of talked about. But if somebody is writing about a subject that interests them, uh, according to one person who just made this question, is it best to write about something that is related to your intended major? Is that a good idea or a bad idea, or it depends?
3: I, it depends. I think it depends a bit on what is the sort of suite of questions that the student is being asked, right? Like if there is a place to answer that question in the institutional um, essays, answer it there. You don't have to. You can, but you don't have to spend your um, your sort of precious words in your in your Common App Coalition App essay um, on on that specific thing. I think it's um, it, it can have a place. I think we also are very kind to um, students who are undecided. <laughs> you know, one of the things that, you know, as, as someone who's led, you know, a staff for a number of years, one of the things that I'm often finding um, that I remind myself and I remind my staff is that the folks who are applying to our college, we, I have typically worked at traditional age institutions, these are 16, 17, and 18 year old people um, who may have an inkling of where they're going, but it's okay if they don't. Um, it's okay if they know they're excited about learning, if they're excited about being part of an academic community if they're excited about what they may learn about themselves in college. Um, but it's something where I don't, I don't want the student to feel like they have to be able to, to do that, connect it to a future major or, or an academic program um, if they're not there yet.
2: Don't force yeah. it. One point I'll make here is that 75% of all people in the United States are in careers that are not related to their majors. Okay. I'm a mechanical engineer. Um, I was a math major. I run a writing feedback company, throwing it out there, (laughs) so that's all.
1: Let me go back to that question I posed a little bit earlier, which is, you know, is there, was there something really memorable? I don't want to get into too much detail because of the amount of time we have left, but is there an essay that stands out and and why did it stand out to you of all the ones that you've read over the years? Emily?
3: So... uh... So I, I hesitate to, to share only because I don't want anyone to think that they have to write their version of this essay, but um, I, I share this essay because I think that the point I want to make with it is that it doesn't, your essay doesn't have to be about something dramatic or traumatic for it to make a good essay. Like I think that there are sometimes ordinary moments in people's lives that make them look differently at the world or understand themselves in different ways um, that can make for really powerful and interesting, interesting essays. Um, and so there, you know, I, re- I read an essay a couple of years ago um, of a young woman who had a, a part-time job um, working at a fast food restaurant and uh, a man who was homeless came into her shop. Um, and the essay was really a little bit about what what she did do in the moment to try to help that person, but also what she didn't do and what she sort of realized later that she couldn't do. And so it was this really interesting sort of meditation on what what will she do with what she later thought was a missed opportunity? Um, and there was this sort of lovely sense of optimism and hope in the end of it, while revealing something that could have been, you know, something that she saw as a mistake. And so um, I thought there was something really authentic about that particular voice. Um, and it was a moment in a shift at her job that sort of sparked some introspection that became a really interesting um, Piece to, to think about for her and to showcase for us who might walk onto our campus, the types of things that she was thinking
1: about. And a key word you mentioned was introspection, apparently in that. Yeah. Brad, how much you, is there anything that stands out?
2: Yeah, the, you know, as I said, I'm very much on the mantra of don't read a lot of examples and, and copy or like try to take stuff from them. Um, but I will say that, you know, there's oftentimes little moments that reflect very well on a student that they can also tie in with other experience they've had. So a really interesting essay that read was actually somebody who uh, to make extra money, she worked at Qdoba Mexican grill and she struggled to make burritos. She was like, I could not figure it out. Like just could not figure out how to make a burrito. Uh, And it took her weeks to do that, but she finally kind of figured it out and solved the problem basically along the way um but that she initially had written as her entire first draft of her essay the entire first draft was basically about a burrito um by the time that she was done and submitting it (laughs) uh all of a sudden the burrito story was a nice little introduction that then tied into so many other experiences that she had that happened to be related to a theme of problem solving okay number one number two is is that When the final essay was done, there was something that really stood out, which is what I call impact, okay? So anytime you can write about quantitative impact in an essay, you can say a lot within a very limited number of words. So she was saying, okay, I tutored a bunch of my um, classmates for this like test, like Health Occupation Society of whatever, Uh, I forget the exact name, uh, I, I tutor them for the test. And that's, that's nice, you know, whatever. But when you find out that uh, two of her, t- you know, their scores increased by like 30% on the exams and two of her, her classmates uh, made it to nationals because of the work she did. Now you're all of a sudden like, oh, like, that's very different than just tutoring some students. Okay. Uh, and so all of a sudden, it presented all of this context, it's what I call, you know, where you can actually say in this impact, like, what impact did you have? And that was just like kind of the icing on the cake, like that really made the essay extremely compelling. I mean, she got into, um, you know, she was a good student, but I wouldn't say the, the, the best student, but it was clear that she was just so driven Right, um, and intellectually curious and, it, and she took the initiative. It really came out very strongly in, in her essay.
1: The real key here, it sounds like from both of you is that you are the only you. Keep that in mind when you're writing and you're probably too close to yourself to know what's unique about you. That's why you need the outside perspectives.
2: Yeah, ask your peers, by the way, that's a good exercise. We, we yeah. talk the workshops, we tell them, ask the students around you what makes you unique. And that's I would just
1: be told I'm a nerd, but
2: I already knew that.
0: A big thank you to Frank, Brad, and Emily for that discussion. Here are a few things to remember about essays. Number one, unless you're applying to a highly selective school or a specific writing program, how you write is less important than what you write. Solid writing skills are always important, of course, but your voice and your story should come through clearly. Second, don't think of this as your autobiography. Think much smaller. This is just a slice of your life experience, something that you did or something that happened to you and how it changed you. And be sure to research the schools that are on your list. The questions they're asking on the essay portion of the application will give you an idea of how to think about it. And finally, just start writing. I guarantee your first draft will not be perfect, but that's gonna be the case whether you start immediately or wait a while. So get something down, refine it, get feedback, and do that over again until you have it just right. That's it for College Guidance Now. If you liked this podcast, please share it with a friend, rate it, review it, and be sure to look for more expert advice on collegeguidancenetwork.com. We have live events, downloadable toolkits, and an extensive video library of long and short-form content. Thanks for listening.